time to welcome in John Lear, chief economist, morning consult, to talk about some of the things right here at hand, and that is the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. So they meet today. We'll get the announcement tomorrow. We're waiting on 75 basis points. I think the whole world is counting on that. What else are you waiting for? You think we might hear something of a pause or anything like that? I don't think so. I think probably the Fed will double down and reemphasize their commitment to being very data dependent. At this point in time, it's very difficult for me to see how the Fed could even sort of signal that they're thinking about a pause or a transition, given how the data is coming out. I mean, the core PCE came in hotter than expected. There's no sign to me that the labor market is really weakening or showing any signs of a of cracks. And so given the strength right now of the of the U.S. economy, it's going to be very, very difficult for the Fed to credibly say that they're going to plan on um you know, slowing the pace of interest rate increases in the near term. Yeah, and that's that's a distinction as well. Are they going to slow the paces, the pace of increases? For example, would it be 50 basis points rather than 75 basis or really um, actually do a halt of some sort? From what I understand, most people don't think they'll do a halt or even a pivot of some sort until the back half of next year. Is that what you think? Yeah, that's what it's looking like, particularly after last week's core PCE reading came in so hot. I think um, you know that is ultimately the Fed's uh, primary measure right now uh, in terms of assessing their ability to get inflation under control. And they're just not seeing the data that they should see or that they would need to see to start uh, reducing uh, the rate of increase of, of interest rate hikes. I do think it's probably worth noting just how challenging this is, you know, that the game that they're essentially trying to play is to figure out um, you know, when can they start cutting back on these interest rate increases? But if they if they wait too long and they start seeing inflation noticeably fall before they start cutting back, it's probably going to be too late. And that's when they were they're likely to tip the economy into a recession. So it's a very, very difficult task they face. How likely do you think we are to actually get that soft landing that everybody's hoping for? It's not my base case right now. I think it seems highly unlikely. Um, I would expect the first half of 2023 to be particularly challenging. Again, I think that's when you're going to likely start to see the impact of Fed rate hikes on the broader economy, not just financial markets. And um, probably by that point, it'll be a little too late for the Fed to start reversing course and, and decreasing interest rates. So again, I think they've got a very, very challenging task, and I, I, don't, envy, uh, I, I don't envy them right now. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I think it is a very challenging task, but there's a lot of criticism that they could go the other way and do too much too fast. It's certainly possible. And I do think there's a lot of the there's the uncertainty surrounding the international and global economy. And there's a question right there. To what extent is that likely to spill over and affect the U.S. economy? It's certainly the case that the global economy is showing very strong signs of weakness. Um, it's unclear, though, how that exactly will spill over and affect the U.S. economy. The U.S. is relatively well insulated from the, from the global economy, both in terms of its financial markets and also in terms of, uh, you know, it's dependent on exports. And so I don't think, uh, you know, that you're likely to see a direct translation of sort of a recession in Europe driving a recession in the U.S. It's more likely that you see a recession in Europe weekend demand in the U.S. And and um, lead to a slowdown again in the, in the first half of next year. Yeah, you mentioned core PCE. There's no signs of the lower core inflation 
um, happening at this point. So without that, the Fed likely, as you said, not likely to make any changes at this time from what we're hearing. The other part of the story is employment. And we'll wait for that key jobs report on Friday. In the meantime, everybody who's looking for a job has one. In fact, when we see jolts, even though that's come down, there's still basically almost two jobs for every person who wants one. The vacancy rate is very, very high. We continue to see in our own high frequency data that employed workers are going back and actively applying for jobs again, yet another sign of tightness in the labor market. Um, very few workers, you know, UI claims are very low. Very few workers are experiencing pay or income losses. I think, you know, I, I think everyone is focused right now on trying to find evidence of weaknesses in the labor market, but they're just not there. And it does, I, I, I can acknowledge that it makes the challenge of an economist very, very hard right now because we know that at some point those interest rate hikes are likely to impact labor market and the demand for labor, but it's hard to find evidence of that right now. And when you look at the perspective as an economist and someone who really looks at this so closely, we talk about inflation at 40-year highs, right? You're looking at the above 7% for the 12-month number. Um, you know, put this in perspective. I mean, how bad is it or what are we really seeing? And it is really, really terrible, obviously. We're near record highs. I think um, it depends in large part on who you are and what sort of uh, purchases you're making and what's what sort of employment you have. I mean, I think for folks who are working in industries that um, have gone through a pretty dramatic transition over the course of the pandemic, they're likely more exposed. They're, they've, they're, they haven't been working at a company for quite as long as some of the other folks. They probably re-entered the labor market during the pandemic. Those are the folks who are most likely to be laid off if the economy were to slow. Um, in terms of inflation, I think you know it really does depend uh, in large part, if you're looking at goods or services, it, earlier in this year and last year, it was a story of goods and goods inflation was what was driving that headline number. We're seeing a pretty dramatic shift where services inflation is accounting for more of the overall uh, growth in inflation. Services inflation tends to be slightly more persistent. It's going to be harder and harder for the Fed to get that under control uh, because of things like housing and um, um, you know, this other, this broader transition back towards services spending, reallocating spending towards services. And so um, it's, a, it's a very challenging time. And I, I don't think that the Fed, um, you know, there's not clearly a playbook that the Fed has that they can open up and just implement, um, you know, word for word. There's going to be a, there's going to be a, a need for a lot of creativity going forward. Yeah. How about this? How about um, employers looking for great skilled workers, but they have to give all kinds of perks and work from home and days off and uh, I don't know, whatever else, coupled with low productivity? That's something you noted in your notes, John. So they're paying more for less. That's exactly right. I think, you know, the, the wage growth has been uh, abysmal, but even worse has been productivity growth. And so when you start adjusting wage growth for productivity, you start seeing, as you noted, that that on a sort of a unit labor costs are um, actually very high right now. I think uh, the other point that you noted is that we, we are seeing evidence of labor hoarding of, of businesses that are holding on to workers because they're afraid of having to refine them or search for them. Um, if they need them down the road in a sort of a post-recession world. I think that's one of the reasons why we continue to see so much tightness in the labor market. And then, you know, the other thing I think is, uh, again, as you alluded to, was just how valuable workers 
um, find working from home. That sort of work-life balance is extremely important. I think that's likely playing some role in, in the productivity uh, uh, question of how productive are workers who are working from home? Are they, in fact, you know, still getting in eight hours a day and um, given all the flexibility and freedom that they have? Are you surprised? I was reading yesterday about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has now um, given employees a three-day work week option. It turns out they're going to be alternating staff and folks, and they are saying that by giving a shorter work week, three or four days, that they are able to retain their higher senior management, and they're having less churn, and they had hundreds of applications because people don't want to work that hard. They only want to work a few days. What do you think of that? That doesn't surprise me. I'm not sure if it's about not working, not wanting to work as hard or just that there are so many costs involved with commuting. And so, you know, getting to work is expensive, particularly with, with gas prices the way they are right now. On top of that, there's childcare costs associated uh, with leaving to go, go to work. And so I think in some ways, reducing the number of days that you're commuting might in fact be uh, uh, just a, a cost-saving measure for workers. John, I'm glad you said that because you're right. You're right because when I was reading the article, I was just reminded, I just remember, it said some people will have to work 13 or 14 hour days on those single days of work. So there are some folks who don't want to work that hard. We know that. Right. And those are the ones that are still sitting on the couch. Or they just, they're afraid to leave their homes. Understandably, they're afraid of COVID or whatever else. Um, but you make a good point about the people who will have to work longer days if they choose a shorter work week. But it's drawing in applications. People like it. John, That's it's exactly wonderful to right, see yeah. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure.